we got ourselves a true blue supergirl. Explain to me again why you can't fly. I'm not sure. Guess the humans are right, Kalal. Girls do mature faster than boys. They cloned me. Zoral told me that Krypton Salvation was on Earth. Unless you and I were the key. Your training starts with Kira. Watch over her, Kalo. She poses a greater threat than you believe. Hey again, everybody, and welcome to Starville's House of L, episode 63, your recap for Kara. I'm your host, Eric Russell. And I'm Allie Renee from Chicago. Hey, Allie, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks for sitting in this week. Houston is actually in the progress of moving back to Starville from New York, so he will be back with us. Actually, we'll be in Maryland next week. Uh, Oh, to walk. Yeah, we're going to walk all the way to Maryland. Uh, This should be fun. (laughs) Are you going to wear colors? Red and blue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know about all the primary, but uh, <laughs> we if you haven't heard about this, uh, Houston and I are uh, walking to uh, for the Walk for Alzheimer's with John Glover, a.k.a. Lionel Luther, uh, next week in Salisbury, Maryland. So we'll be flying up there next Thursday morning, I think. i got to look at my schedule now that I think about it. I have no clue. So, uh, But we're still looking for support, so if you uh, would like to donate and sponsor us, head on over to jackglover.org. There's also some links at houseofelpodcast.com where you can do that. That is really exciting. I can't believe you... Do you get to carbo-load with John Glover? Carbo-load? <laughs> like the, at the pancake house the night before? Did you, do, do you watch The Office? Yeah, with the 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 fettuccine Alfredo. Alfredo. Yes, never eaten so much Alfredo and drinking so little water in all my life. (laughs) Uh, I I don't think I'll be doing that. No, (laughs) I mean, I thought of you when I saw that episode. (laughs) I appreciate tape your nipples. That would be the other thing. (laughs) Well, they they do chafe, you know. So. Uh, also going on uh, with House of L right now, we launched uh, Shoe 2 last week, which um, has gotten some a lot of reviews. I think mm-hmm. we actually have more people listening to Shoe 2 right now than we do House of L, and I don't know how that happened. Um, <laughs> but when I look at subscriber ratings, there seem to be more fluctuating well, numbers. Well, that's because you're, are you splitting them between the, because you split your numbers between the AAC and the MP3, probably. Yeah, but I mean, even when you combine AAC and MP3, it's still more than... The, the, this one episode that we haven't even done sneeze yet. We've recorded it, but we haven't posted sneeze. <laughs> so uh, this lack of commentary that everybody's been talking about on uh, the season oh, six season DVD. Six. I hope this com- somehow makes some people feel better. And I've gotten word this week. I can't make any announcements, but I've gotten word this week that we will have a few uh, guest stars on Shoe Two very soon. Nice. So that's all I'll say about that for now, but just just be looking forward to some upcoming episodes. We may jump around from Season 6 back to Season 2 or something, depending on um, who would like to come on and uh, guest commentate with us, but we'll see how that goes. And another thing I want to talk about, and I've swore, and Allie and I have talked about this, I swore I was not going to bring it up anymore because it's very flattering, but it also looks like we're pulling our own chain here. But we've gotten a lot of emails asking about that petition that was going oh, around right. <laughs> for for Houston and I <laughs> for you to guys actually, to write it. Yeah, for Houston and I to write an episode of Smallville. Um, 
here's the link. It's in the AAC. I'll put it back up on the website. I'm I'm really not gonna bring it up again. <laughs> but like we we're getting a whole lot of emails. People like where'd that link go? So I'm gonna put it up here. And if you want to go sign it, do whatever you want. We're not <laughs> we're not involved with that in any certain ways. Few, it's probably will by keeping he's emailing in. So it will just keeps Chloe. <laughs> yeah, will just keeps jumping on different email addresses and it's like, hey, we wanna <laughs> we wanna meet Allison really really bad. <laughs> So, but that's all that's going on with shoe. Let's let's right now get into a bit of Smallville news. And the first headline we've got today is Superman going to court. Have you heard about this, Allie? Yes, yes. It's making making me a little nervous. What do you think? I mean, what do you feel about it? How does this make well, you feel? Well, I mean, from what I read, which my vast legal uh, knowledge, <laughs> which will fit in a in a cup. Um, but uh, if if they indeed win it, it sounds like they already have a place to um like another distributor for for superman like if they want it they could take superman away from dc is from what i was gathering in those articles which is scary like what would that do to the dc universe it would like collapse basically without its i can't see that ever happening i mean i mean yeah it's uh it's, this is a huge lawsuit, but you got to think about it, this has been going on for years too between the seagulls, and the seagulls, and you know Warner Brothers and DC and all this stuff. But now they're, they're and it was just based on the Superboy. character of Superboy, right? Yeah. And and now it's it's bled over into whether where the rights of Superman actually lie with the family or with the company. And but now they're pulling like Brian Singer into this, yeah. And they're gonna they're gonna depose him on the stand. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's, yeah, like by November, and then the trial starts in January or something. January of 08 is when it's actually going to start. But, and the judge on the Superboy case is actually going to be the same judge on the Superman case. Yeah. I mean, they're splitting them up like that. So, where this copyright's going to have line, is this going to be something, the email we're getting mostly, uh, everybody's concerned about Superman, is is whether or not this is going to affect Smallville in any way. And... I mean, it very well could. I mean, you've got a character that they've not really based around Superboy, but, I mean, they've taken a lot of liberties with, but that shield shows up a lot, especially now in Season 6 and 7, and even on the DVD cases for the individual seasons. Yeah, it would it would be, it would be really intense. <laughs> I mean, you have to hope that if they did win the copyright back, that they would still keep it with DC and not take it somewhere else. This is because otherwise I, I would cry. Yeah, I mean, this isn't something that's like, oh, there's a, another court case going on. I mean, this has been going on so long that it's coming to a head now that this could be something to start worrying about fans. So, well, yeah, and obviously, if it's gotten this far, it there's they have something. There's something behind it. I mean, it's not like it's like that guy trying to sue God or something like that. You know, it's like a legitimate case. They have a a right to it. So it, it's not the guy that you know broke into somebody else's house and cut himself on the glass and is suing the family or whatever. <laughs> So, I mean, this is getting legitimate, so it, it may be something, it's something you're going to start probably seeing on TV, like CNN and stuff here pretty soon, because this is going to be a huge case mm-hmm. as it comes down to it. And a ton of money, too, is on the line, you know? Right. So um, keep on the lookout. There's a link down here in the AAC to an article that Superman homepage had, so check that out uh, if you get a chance. Our next headline is, not really a headline, because there's not a whole lot of, you know, once after the season starts, there's not a whole lot of stuff going on with Smallville, and... There hasn't been a whole lot of talk about the Justice League movie or the new Superman film here in the recent weeks, other than the fact that there may not be either one of those if uh, all these industries end up going on strike before uh, 2008. Oh, right. But an email we have gotten is whether or not there are any Easter eggs on the Season 6 DVD. To my knowledge, I've searched mine over and I have not seen any. The only time they ever did that was Season 3. There was an Easter egg. 
Yeah, with the costume designer or something like that. Yeah, with it? Rosenbaum interviewing the, um, the the people in the costume department. Yeah. So uh, it's actually when you when you hi- uh, highlight when you move over. I don't remember how you get to it. It's on the last disc. I think it's the Superman shield when you highlight over it to click on. So, uh, but I haven't seen anything, anything like that. It would be nice if they had done at least maybe one blooper somewhere on there. Um, yeah. For something, I don't. You know, there weren't even bloopers on season five. It, it's just I, I wish they had put a little bit more together for this. Not to get you know, not to get blatantly uh, bashing them because they did an awesome job with what they got. Retrofit Films did an amazing job with the Green Arrow documentary and the Big Fans documentary. So and I know they have some stuff because wasn't there some clips online of like Michael Rosenbaum being goofy with everybody on the set and. I mean, I thought I saw some of those. So, you know, I know there were films. There's all kinds of stuff. And there has to be. He's hilarious. There has to be tons of outtakes of that guy doing stuff. And there's stuff from, uh, I know, for season five, we saw stuff in the the Making of a Milestone documentary of at Jonathan Kent's funeral of Rosenbaum throwing snowballs at everybody during the funeral. (laughs) So, I mean, I just don't understand why they can't put, even if it was like two minutes worth of stuff, putting this stuff out there. And there was season one bloopers that they made available on like a WB real show, right. and they didn't even put those on the DVD. Well, some I I know sometimes actors have weird contracts about that. Like I I don't know. You never saw Sarah Michelle Gellar in any blooper reel on any Buffy thing. Just <laughs> FYI, you know. So I don't know. Maybe somebody has something like that. They don't want it. Uh, that may be very true, but who knows? I don't know. I'd like to see them at least for season seven, hopefully. Yeah. And we'd like to see that. Our next headline is the director's cut for episode seven hundred three. Fierce is now online at the CWTV.com. Have you have you seen this scene yet? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I saw it. <laughs> the return of Lana to Smallville, and uh, her talking with Clark about having to stay hidden and not being able to tell anybody she's alive just yet. But Clark basically tells her where you can live here, although his life has gotten a little bit more out of hand, and then we see Kara enter the room. Um, <laughs> scantily clad, I guess yes. would be the easiest way to say that. <laughs> the cheesecake shot of the episode. I but. wasn't even thinking about the pageant. She was walking around with a book on her head, and I was like, what the hell is she doing? <laughs> and I was like, is that one way to you know be more Earth-like or whatever? And then I remembered she was trying out for the... Miss Corn Sweet Pageant that will be happening in next week's episode, so yeah. it'll be uh, interesting to see how that plays out. But it, they're they're playing up by uh, by the looks of the trailer after Kara last night, which we'll get into uh, during our spoiler section after the episode today. Um, it looks like they're playing up the um, the Clark and Lana reunion a whole lot more than they are the the Kara uh, Freak of the Week storyline. Yeah, I forget. I had I didn't even realize that was the next episode until I went online and looked at the pictures. I thought, oh, wait, what's happening next week? Yeah. I forgot. It was the, all about the beauty pageant thing. With, um, which actually you called the uh, yeah. the uh, America's Next Top Model guest star. You called that several months ago. Yeah, so. but that was offline when I called. I didn't. I didn't do it on the podcast. I emailed you. No, yeah, it. yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. You told me. Uh, uh, our next headline is. This isn't a headline because it's not happening, but it's something I just want to get on a soapbox about here for a minute. And the reason I am, we're talking about Smallville not being available on iTunes. And this all may be a result of our first headline today from it going to court and DC Mm -hmm. not allowing these things to be out. Because if you look on iTunes, Superman Returns and Batman Begins, they're not available either. I just want to say that I think the other night, if you are a fan of Supernatural, they released the pilot, I mean not the pilot, but this third season premiere of 
Supernatural on iTunes for free. And I think that's basically a public apology to their creator, Eric Kripke, and saying, you know, we're sorry we shafted you all summer because they they got zero press. Yeah, which from is a the huge CW. They got nothing. All they got was Comic Con, and that was it, basically. And then in the in the weeks before the premiere, there were little three second trailers. I mean, they got less than Smallville, which is saying a lot because Smallville didn't get a whole lot either. But well, and I wonder if Smallville didn't get a lot also because of the this lawsuit. I mean, it all could be tied together. I mean, sort of conspiracy theory, but you know. Oh, I mean, I yeah, it could definitely all be one after the other. And I, just I mean, w- I wonder why that's why, you know, like last year, you could watch every episode on the CW online, like at their website, except for Smallville. The same so way. So I wonder if that has something to do with it as well. Same way this year. All the shows yeah. are on there. The, even Supernatural's already on there. And it just aired last night. I mean, that that premiere was available 24 hours before it aired on CW. Right. And you still cannot watch Smallville on the website. And I just, my problem is, if there are these people out there that don't have TiVo and they don't have VCRs or DVD burners and they only have the one option to to catch this on Thursday nights, they're not even showing the repeats on Sunday nights. How are these people going to see this show unless it's illegally, they're going and downloading BitTorrents? Yeah, they're just encouraging that, basically, at this point. So That's then you don't get to watch it. I mean, a lot of people only have HD TVs on their computers you know so they don't get to see it at the higher quality but well for some people don't care i mean there there are people out there that upload it on youtube and sit there and watch it in 10 parts until warner brothers comes along and takes it down which i agree it shouldn't be on there i mean there's a reason for that but if you're gonna make it a point to take that down from warner if warner brothers is gonna make it a point to take that down from youtube turn right around another option turn around and put it on the cw's website i mean if you're cutting out the middleman by not giving it to apple and putting it on itunes at least I mean, CW and Warner Brothers and DC are working together already on the show. Just put it on the website for everybody to see. It doesn't have to be a money-making deal, but where it would be with iTunes, where you'd be buying episodes for a dollar ninety-nine. I mean, it can be free on the website, just like every other series is. And so. that's advertising revenue as well, because they have tons of ads on those websites anyway. So. Oh yeah, yeah. It's always downloading from here. Check it out here. You can watch the full episode. I mean, Gossip Girl came out what three weeks before it even showed up on on the air. Not that I watched Gossip Girl. I'm just saying. <laughs> Don't lie. <laughs> I didn't see the Smallville banner on the side of the butt. Did you watch it? No. I Well, I actually had it on the TV because Kristen Bell was narrating it, but then I, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I haven't watched it. But the um, the somebody sent this in. There is a and a, JC from SV Fan told me this too. There is a bus on in one of the scenes, and there's a huge Smallville banner. Oh, yeah. On the bus. So apparently the only way they're going to promote their flagship show this season is within other series. <laughs> so only other CW fans will know about a show that's already been on the show, the, the channel for years. <clears throat> so, if Dean, so if Dean Winchester's sitting there watching TV and he sees Jason Teague come across the screen, I'm going to have <laughs> problems with that. Whoa. <laughs> that would be great, actually, if they did do that. Well, that kind of show, you can get away with it. I think. <laughs> they, make those... they did that on that uh, in the... Hollywood Babylon episode a little bit. Oh, yeah. Which, that was a great episode. Which is kind of an episode we're going to have coming up in the few weeks on Smallville called Action. I know. I'm very excited about that. So uh, We'll talk about that in our spoilers. Right now, let's get into mm-hmm. our discussion of Kara. What did you think of the episode, Allie? I, uh, I liked it. I thought the special effects were really amazing. I thought for sure that they had like blown their budget in the first episode. So I was surprised to see as much effects stuff uh in this episode as we did so let's get into our recap of it right now 
Okay. Lois and Clark begin searching the remains of Reeves' dam for any indication of what Lex was up to in those laboratories. Clark tells Lois that after Alana's funeral, he's leaving Smallville for good and that Ben Hubbard will be taking care of the farm while he's gone. Lois finds a ship hidden in the woods, but when she begins taking pictures of it with her phone, she's knocked out by a blonde girl who charges at Clark. Clark rushes at her, but is knocked back several hundred yards. The girl flies up and tells Clark to take his girlfriend and never come back. She then flies away into space where she pulls out a familiar-looking crystal displaying video of a baby. I made the mistake of looking away at that point, and I was like, wait a minute, what was that on the... What was that on the on the, I was like, was that Jor-El? What was that? I know. Yeah. And I had to, I had to rewind. I like that little thing, though. I, had I want to one of those. I do, too. It's like a little... I want the bracelet. Right now, I'm telling you, CW, you need to make that bracelet and sell it. Like, you, like sell it for the Christopher Reeve Foundation or something. The one with I want the, it. No, Karis with the House of El symbol on it? Yeah, I went looking for it online to see if you could buy it. So I want it now. It would be cool. Well, when we get back from the uh, credits and the uh, first commercial break, we're at the Talon, and Chloe's looking through a confidential file of several Bell Reeve patients, and it never really explains what she's doing here. It's just kind of like, okay, she's trying to find out about all these other people like her, all these other meteor freaks, because she's still pretty shook up after the events of last week, if you remember uh, her waking up in the, the morgue, which I guess anybody would be. But uh, Lois and Clark come in, and they're talking about what just happened near the dam, and Lois believes that there's been some kind of force field around that ship, and that's what knocked her out. Clark tries to tell her that she just slipped, you know, hit her head in the mud, but um, she believes that there's something else there. So she goes to change clothes, because she's going to go to Metropolis and head to the Inquisitor office. And Clark tells Chloe that this blonde, which he already says Kryptonian girl, just automatically, he doesn't even... Yeah, that Which, weird. I guess, well, the char- <laughs> the... He saw the ship. The ship. He saw, you know, the characters on the ship and everything. And then I guess the flying kind of clued him in too. But uh, you know, he says that she came and attacked Clark, and that she can also fly. And Lois tries to head to the Inquisitor to start working on the article, but Chloe convinces her to go to the hospital and you know, kind of take a back seat on the article for a minute while Clark returns to the dam to find the girl. They said Kryptonian like eight times in that scene, if you remember too. I thought it was a little weird. Did you count how many times they times. said? How, did you count how many times they said House of L in the episode? Uh, I think they said it twice, did they? In that, show? I don't know. I didn't count, but I just thought it was cool. I, yeah, I think they said Kryptonian three times within like four sentences, and it just seemed a little weird to me. Like, did we need to say it every time we talked about her? Anyway, <laughs> then uh, then we jump to the Kansas State Penitentiary, and Lex's lawyer tells Lex that he's been cleared of all charges against the murder of Lana, saying that they blamed a disgruntled Luther Corp employee, uh, confessed to the murder, and Lex demands to meet with the man, saying that Lana's still alive, and he doesn't believe this man murdered her. Was he he waiting on the lawyer? I mean, he was kind of pacing around like he was waiting on some kind of announcement to be made or something when the lawyer walked in. I don't know. I mean, I think it... it was sort of a. I thought like a lot of this episode happened really fast. Like I didn't catch a lot of it the first time, and this is one of those. It, some of these scenes feel like they're sort of wedged in there. I mean, it was a great episode, but a lot of this stuff like just kind of like went by so fast. It was rushed. What was going on? That for, that teaser with uh, Kara flying into outer space. That was really rushed. Oh yeah. Um, but it was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> Uh, but we get back to the dam, and Clark sees that the girl's ship is now gone, and several uh, police have been... At first, I just thought they were knocked out, but it later says that they're actually dead on the ground, and um, a few of the other cops tell them to get out, of there, get out of there that the place is a crime scene. And then we jump to the Daily Planet warehouse, or the loading dock, which I thought was weird. Why would Chloe be entering through the loading dock? But anyway, uh, we see the front cover of the paper, and, and the, art, the headlines are about a search for Lionel Luther. 
And then Lex finds Chloe uh, in the warehouse, who tells her that he's been cleared of the charges and he wants to know if Lana's still alive, if Chloe's heard anything. Chloe tells him that he needs to go get psychiatric help, and then Clark meets Chloe upstairs, who tells him that a couple different preschools in the area have reported a blonde woman scaring the children. Uh, Clark rushes to one of the preschools and finds a girl picking up little boys and asking them their name. Uh, He super speeds her away from the school. She tries to fly away, and Clark grabs her by her very awesome red boots and then slams her to the ground. He notices the House of L symbol on her bracelet and asks her her why she's on Earth. Uh, She says she was sent to find a small boy named Kal-El. That was a really awesome scene because not only was the music awesome, but just the amount of effects they used in that one shot of her trying to fly away and then yeah. the super speed and then the initial crash into the ground. Now, we get back to the Daily Planet. 75% of this episode happened at the Daily Planet. They used a good bit of the, of the set for this episode. But Lois and Chloe are discussing the spacecraft story um, when the new editor, Grant Gabriel, makes his appearance. He comes up and introduces himself. And it's revealed that he's actually fr- was the editor of the Star City Post, which Star City is where uh, Green Arrow is from. Right. For all you comic book aficionado, <laughs> yeah, okay, geek. that's <laughs> like shorter. Me. I'm a geek. <laughs> uh, he's... As soon as he said that, I was like, Star City, ooh. <laughs> he... I got a look from my boyfriend, <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't appreciate my my nerddom. So he uh, he's wanting to know more about Lois's story, and he kind of comes off a little bit pompous and embarrasses Chloe in front of uh, Lois. But he, he prompts Lois that if uh, she can make an article out of the story, then he'd make it worth her while. Then we jump back to the Kent farm, and Kara tells Clark that she used to watch over him on Krypton. And then Clark explains that her ship must have been stuck in the water, during, and then uh, when, when he came, she came to Earth at the same time during the meteor shower, and that she's been in suspended animation for 18 years. And then she tells him that they are cousins and that the House of L has a lot of family secrets. Their fathers were, uh, that they were dysfunctional family. Their fathers were not friends, didn't speak. Uh, she's determined to find her ship, but says that she couldn't get near it because of the green rocks. And Clark tells her about kryptonite and that it will kill her. And Kara is really surprised that she thought that nothing could hurt her, uh, that the red sun would, get, or red sun, the yellow sun would give her powers beyond her belief. And then um, Clark tells her, that he realizes that Kara doesn't know that Krypton exploded and that the global war led by General Zod led to its destruction. And then Clark tells her that the planet is gone and that they are the only survivors. She tells Clark that if anyone but her opens the ship, it will activate a self-destruct sequence. Only survivors? How many Kryptonians have we seen in this I know, show? I was like, Clark's not very, he doesn't have a lot of recall about, like, all the people he's met. Well, he <laughs> even made years. the comment, I guess it was during season five, he was talking, to, it was the scene with James Marshers where he says, I, I was told I was the last son of Krypton, but you people keep popping up all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> he's been hit on the head a couple times, too, over the years, so. They, they will open be. up the Clark Kent wing of the hospital very soon. <laughs> uh, but we see the ship, it's in a bunker, and it's got all these tests being run on it, which I don't know what the need for all the smoke and lights are, but, you know, I guess it adds to the effect. You know, you kind of think from seeing this, and it looks a whole lot like Brainiac's ship did, but the way the tests are being run on it, you kind of get this feeling that Luther Corp is behind this. And all these agents begin trying to open the ship using the Kryptonian symbols on the hull. And this lead agent, which they never said his name, He's, he's cloaked in mystery, and we'll get to him a little bit later in this episode. Mm-hmm. He advises the others to begin the extraction protocol of the ship and then to evacuate while there's still time, kind of like he knows what's going to happen. And uh, Lois tells Grant, who's the new editor at the planet, that Chloe should be the one writing the story about the uh, ship. 
and then he tells her not to let her feelings get in the way that if she has a passion for her articles and she should not give up. Then Lex's henchman tells him that Lana has been located in China and Lex orders him to prepare the jet, which I really want to be able to say that one day as well. Prepare the jet? Yes, prepare the jet. (laughs) We're going to China. I'll be gone in a few minutes, prepare the jet. (laughs) That's a quick 14-hour flight, too. Uh, Yeah, the whole, like, I still don't understand the timeline of the last episode. Like, how did she get to... China that fast. Well, so. I mean, okay, if you and think... And a wig, of, and an outfit. If you an, think about it, I guess, technically, by the time she left Smallville and flew there, it would still be day... Oh, that's right. Like, if you fly at night, it would still be daytime. That didn't confuse me as much as some of the timeline effects of the actual episode in Smallville uh, that yeah. were going on. Um because if you think back at the events of Phantom, when everything started that morning, that was a whole lot packed into one day, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway. It's a big day. Yeah, it's a huge day. Huge day. Kara uh, and Clark uh, go to the Daily Planet, though, to find Chloe. And Kara actually breaks an elevator. I don't know if she thought she had to or if she was just trying to get out that much quicker. But she tells Clark that they don't have time to wait on agent uh, technology. <laughs> and Kara questions Clark's inability to fly, um, prodding that girls really do mature faster than boys, as they say on Earth. Which, when I first heard that this summer, I was like, I was kind of like, that's a little corny. But when she said it, it was kind of funny. So yeah, it was kind of cute. I thought. Uh, but they meet up with Chloe, and she tells him that she's had no luck locating the ship, but that Granville, which we actually get to see a whole lot of Granville in this episode, not a whole lot, but we actually get a bird's eye view of it for once. But uh, they've been losing their AM/FM radio signals, and Clark realizes that Kara's ship must be active and emitting some kind of alarm that are knocking out all the radios. And Kara says she's the only one that can disarm it, if that's the case. And then there's this awesome scene on top of this rooftop in Granville where Clark is teaching Kara to use her super hearing. And it's really reminiscent of Whisper, um, which it, it reminded me, I mean, Clark kind of took the the uh, place of Jonathan Kent yeah, teaching Kara. Yeah, that was great. Which made me miss, you know, Pa Kent that much more, but then... John Schneider called me on the phone this morning, and I didn't really miss him anymore. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, I'm so jealous! <laughs> <laughs> it's, I wanted him to call me on my. <laughs> <laughs> you want my place? You're like, good morning, hi, John. <laughs> I mean, oh, he, when you wow, when he wakes cool. you when he wakes you up and tells you to do something, I guess you gotta get out and bend do it, whether he's two thousand miles away or not. It's, yeah, I would do it. Uh, it was just it was amazing all these sounds coming in, and she's picking up on all these things, and and uh, you know he starts telling her, you know, you've got to pick out the unique ones you can you can limit the ones you're listening to and find the significant ones and she finally uh narrows them down focusing just on the alarm of the ship then we jump to uh lois and she is entering the empty warehouse because evidently nowhere in smallville or granville is there security on any building anywhere in town Mm, no and anyways but it's empty so i guess maybe no one noticed but no one locks the door either so uh she touches the ship and it's she's blown away and like knocked unconscious and it triggers the bomb. Clark and Kara rush in. Uh, Clark goes to help Lois, and Kara flies to the ship and, like, kind of hovers above it with this, like, intense light and blocks the bomb from exploding, but the ship then disappears. Which was really cool, but then it was like, wait a what? minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what just happened? Every time we get a Kryptonian ship, it disappears, and we can't find out anything about I think it. It's slippery. 
her ship is huge. Now she was pro- she was what? Well, I mean, I'm assuming she was babysitting age. So it's, I think they said she was around ten because now she's like eighteen and Clark's twenty. So because yeah. originally she was a little bit older. So if she's been or she may have been older than that because I mean if she's been in suspended animation. She probably didn't age, so she could have been like sixteen or something. But I don't know how much room I'm she not needed. Sure how, see, it's confusing because then if you watch the director's cut, she talks about how she's missed the best years of her life. So that made me think she grew up in that ship True. for a little while. So True. I'm not sure. I guess we haven't maybe really the, got a straight Maybe if yet. there is an actual flashback in, you know, um, 706, we'll get to see the exact age of how old she was Great. when she got there. I have no clue. Lex arrives in China, which I got to see this scene several days ago, and I had no clue what was going on. I was Somebody uh, forwarded me the link to this video that had been released, and it's it's Lex and Lana's apartment scene, but everything, which, like this whole episode, it just felt rushed. Like, we've been hearing about this clone stuff for the better part of the summer, and I thought this was going to be some huge arc that played out over season seven. They made it sound like th- this was it, which I was fine with, yeah. which I was fine with, because, you know, I wasn't looking forward to a, a throwback to Lois and Clark anyways with yeah. this whole <laughs> with this whole clone thing, but... Uh, I was just surprised they got rid of it so quickly. They may not have. This may be something that comes back into play, but I thought, and we were actually going to play a voicemail here in a minute asking about this, but I thought it was just really cool how they made mention of it, and then it was over. It was like, well, that's it. But yeah. um, And it was it was a cool, I mean, she was. it was really creepy, that, like, blank stare Lana, you know, in the car, too. Yeah, but, you know, Lex comes in, and Lana's been waiting on him. She pulls a gun on him and says, that uh, Lex says he, he has no plans for revenge, but um, only asking for forgiveness. But he tells her that she's brilliant using this own technology against him, and she says she knew that he cloned her. And you know, she got the body out, she put it in position in her jeep, and then when the car exploded, she was, as we said, you know, safe and sound on that delivery truck. I was hoping it was going to be an ice cream truck, but it wasn't. And, you know, so she got away while Lionel sees this other Lana blow up, and then when they, you know, they ID the body at the morgue, it's actually Lana Lang, or Lana Luther. So, you know, basically she's dead. Lana's dead, and a dead woman can't be convicted of murder. So she, you know, acts like she's going to shoot Lex, which, you know, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Lex, ple- Lex starts saying, go ahead, shoot me, I deserve it, you know, do it. He moves in for a better target, and, you know, she can't do it and he takes the gun from her and he assures her that if she returns to Smallville that she'll be safe and sound and he's never going to hurt her again. We've heard that before. But, uh, Lois and Chloe uh, discuss Lois's failure with the spaceship story and then Grant, the editor, says that he read the story and that it was absurd but it was riveting and he tells her that she'll be sharing a desk next to Chloe as the new reporter at the Daily Planet. That happened kind of quick too. So yeah, yeah. He actually says in the scene, "Do you want in twelve years? Do you want your name to be synonymous with the Daily Planet, Lois Lane Star Reporter? You know, or you know, Lois fill in the blank, living out in the sticks with the uh, insurance like a, salesman, yeah, married to a insurance guy or something. Yeah, like that. weighing forty extra pounds. So, I mean, it was a cool scene because you think, well, that, I mean, that's it. She's at the Daily Planet now, but then you think that's that." We would have much rather seen Michael McKeon in that scene. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, that's what I said when I watched it. I was like, wow, I really wanted Perry White to hire her. Like, that's, that was, I've been waiting for that since, since she came on the, 
since she came on, you know. Yeah. I was like, that would that would have been great. So I was sad. That was kind of like a moment lost that I don't think we'll ever get. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> so. it's going to be something that'll play out till the to the end of the series. I think Lois will quit at some point, and then because so the actual we'll mytho- the actual mythology will happen later on down the yeah. line. But uh, we go to the barn loft where Kara tells, which is Houston says, every great episode ends with a barn loft scene. And Kara <laughs> tells Clark that she can't believe that Krypton is gone and that they're all that's left. And Clark tells Kara that evil can exist on all cultures, even on Krypton, you know, referring to how terrible people can be like Zod was. And she uh, she tells Clark about her, how she'd go see her, uh, Clark's mom would run from, she said Candor City, I was like, I geeked out when she said Candor City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she said she uh, the day that she found out um, that she was pregnant with Kal-El, that how happy she was, and she called Kal-El her miracle baby, kind of like Martha used to do. And yeah, she that tells was him, nice too. She tells him that uh, she's got to find her ship, that the crystal inside had all her directives and the power to help her along the way that was provided by her father, Zorel. And Clark says, well, if it gets in the wrong hands, no big deal, it's destroyed with the ship. And Kara says, there's nothing would scratch that. Only a Kryptonian could destroy this crystal, which Clark should know that from the crystals of the fortress. He should know... Yeah. How those how strong those things are. But we see the same agent from before saying that the ship is gone, but not all is lost. He holds this crystal in the container and then it shows the emblem of where he is and he's actually an agent for the Department of Domestic Security and not for Luther Corp, which I think through several people um that that aren't um that don't follow the show that much threw them for a surprise because they just assumed it was somebody with Lex. Then uh finally we were got what we wanted <laughs> we got the uh, fortress of solitude and clark is talking to Jorel and asking him and Jorel asks him if he's ready to begin his training clark tells him about kara showing up on his doorstep claiming to be from krypton and that that's not the, the first time that that's happened uh when it happened before Jorel was behind it and that whatever Zorel's intentions were for clark they were not honorable clark says he's ready be- to begin training, Jarrell tells him that Kara is now his training. Find out why she's here. She poses a greater threat than he can imagine. And the last thing we see is Lex. Uh, Lex is a really good drawer. I know. He's uh, freehanding this. He's like this. a good pianist and a good he's, <laughs> artist. He's, and he's, a, he's a triple threat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's drawing this picture of Kara, who kind of looks like Medusa <laughs> yeah. in this image, but he's telling this uh, assistant guy, which... This guy looks like, it's the same guy from Bizarro. This look, guy looks like he may be around for a few episodes, so I hope we yeah. get a name out of him soon. But he tells the guy to find this girl by whatever means possible. And, in you know, the end of the episode. Amazing. What a terrific episode. Yeah. I loved it. I mean, it was really, I, 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 there was a few things I was hoping would happen, like her speaking Kryptonian and a couple other things. But overall, I mean, I was really pleased with it. I, I thought it was, I, I will venture to say it's probably the best second episode of a season Ever. Oh, that's for sure. Um, you know, it was better than Sneeze, I think. And yeah. I, I just, even though we had waited so long for Clark to get super breath, and, and, you know, that was still an amazing episode, this one was just so fast-paced and it kept up with the momentum from last week that I thought was so good. But there is no reason why Bizarro and Care should not have been one two-hour episode to air, you know, for the premiere last week. And that really should have been how it was. Because, um, I, I mean, it came off the hills so well from um, the end of last week's episode that I think they could have, put the two together yeah now a couple of questions we've gotten about and um not really direct emails but just so many people have asked this since last night one is uh about Jorel, and they're they're asking basically what everybody's saying is i thought Jorel said he had no idea kara was there how is kara the first step in clark's training well it's 
he's he's not saying this is the first step of your training. He's saying training, you know, screw your training. Kara's here. Find out what the heck she's doing here. It, it, you know, this is this is part of it now. You've got to find out why she's here before you can begin anything else. Which I thought the Forcer scene was really cool. Yeah. Um, it sucks that they made a big deal out of it in the trailers and the episode description, and then we only got to be in there for like about 15 moments. seconds. But, you know, I'll take what I can get at this point, because Terrence Stamp is the man. Mm-hmm. So, that was really cool. Something else uh, we'll talk about, and we'll, we're going to flash to this uh, in a minute when we talk about the trailer for next week. But we've got a voicemail here, and I'm going to play it real quick. Hey guys, it's Winston from Nebraska. Just got done watching Kara. I'm a little confused. Um, in the episode, we find out that um, Lana was alive and that she had taken the clone and blew the clone up. But then in the upcoming episode preview, we see something that says something about uh, the Lana who left isn't the same as when she returned. Just curious about that. Let me know. Thanks. Bye. Hey. Okay, well, in all actuality, that trailer means more of this Lana that left Smallville is, it, it's the same girl, it's not the clone that they're, I don't think, I don't think they're going to bring this clone back into it, it may very well be, but I think what this trailer is actually referring to is, <clears throat> Lana's not the same girl as than when she left, wouldn't you say so, Allie? Yeah, I mean, I think that, that her relationship with Lex and the way it ended profoundly changed her, like, obviously the decision to, like, blow up a clone of herself and then uh she basically set that all up as a a way to murder lex you know so i think and get out of this relationship and kill him in order to i don't know i mean that that, i think that's gonna that's gonna change a girl make her a little crankier i don't know a murder lex or b keep him you know locked up for all these years which in the time from when lionel saw lana blow up to if Lana wasn't behind this, behind the employee doing it, and Lionel was, you know, the the guy that had cancer coming forward saying he he was the one that did it and wanted his family to take care of. If if Lana did it, she thought everything out really well. If Lionel was the one that did it before Bizarro struck, then he was a busy man before he told Clark that Lana died. Well, see, now I wondered if that wasn't something that was put into effect a long time ago. Like... Like, there there was some sort of always a contingency plan with Luther Corp that if, say, someone got in trouble, they would find someone to, you know, like, so though maybe those wheels were in motion even before oh, definitely. was missing in action. That, so. that, that probably is the case. It's just, you know, insert name of person you have to say you killed here kind yeah. of thing. If, if not Lana, then, you know, Victoria or whoever else could have been in the past or, right. or Helen Bryce. So, I mean, that may have very well been the case. But I, I think Lana... You say contingency plan. I think Lana had this plan for several weeks, but I think him slapping her uh, in sealed uh, the deal. Yeah, at, at the end there, uh, definitely sealed the deal for the episode in, in Phantom. But uh, thanks for that voicemail. Now um, we will get into spoilers after we come back. Let's just do a little bit of small talk right now. Uh, you've been busy, Allie. I have been busy. <laughs> <laughs> and you got a promotion today. Congratulations. I did get a promotion by today. <laughs> by the way. So I'm going to buy a pony with my new money. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, Not really. But. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I would. Your podcast, Undead America, was featured in the sixth issue of Sci Fi Now magazine. Yes. I haven't read it yet, so I have no idea what they say because it hasn't out here yet. But one of my listeners pointed it out to me. I'm very excited. So. 
we'll see. I mean, even if it's bad, it's still good. So, <laughs> I mean, I've noticed a huge jump in the people listening to my podcast lately as, anyway. so Well, that's awesome because, I mean, you do a great job up there. But And then we find out that issue five of this magazine actually – and you picked up an uh, issue of it yesterday for us, has, yeah. a, has a blurb about the Tenth Wonder, our Heroes yeah. podcast on there. I don't know if somebody's investigating our shows right now. Or, <laughs> or yeah, well, hopefully, I mean, who knows, maybe you guys, maybe Shu is in the the sixth issue because it's all about, there's a big, co- the cover has Supergirl on it, this issue that yeah. I'm supposed to be in. Laura so Vanderbord's on the I'm cover I'm hoping Shu will be in it as well. And there's so. an article about, <clears throat> excuse me, there's an article about, um, a supernatural in there too. I read on the cover, so maybe or Crossroads. Uh, Tim shows yeah. on there too. You, you never can tell if somebody is taking an interest in these four shows we're doing right well, now. Well, see, yeah. I mean, I'm hoping that if it's not in there now, they'll be in. It'll be in there later. So well, that'd be great. Now this 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 magazine was actually around several several years ago, probably twenty or thirty years ago, and they're just now bringing it back. Like I said, they're only like six issues in right now. Yeah, but, and it's an import, so. Um, you know, if you're going to get a subscription, it's pretty pricey, but you can get it at Borders or Barnes and Noble, I think too. It's like it's about ten dollars, but it's a really nice book. So. Yeah, it's from the UK, and th- th- it's really well done. I've seen an issue of it, and I'm, thanks for picking up our issue five, so we no can actually problem. see tenth one. <laughs> I there. read it, though, but so not fingerprints. <laughs> well, we won't we won't dust them for him. I promise. <laughs> the other thing is, you got an art. You were mentioned in an article from a newspaper in San Diego. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I had another listener named Miss Lily, who I have to thank, who mentioned me in a an article about uh, like diehard Buffy fans in out there. So, and that was really cool as well. well so, because like Buffy's getting a lot more attention lately with the uh, comic book, and then the. Now Angel has got a new comic book coming out, like a continuation of season five, uh, so season six or whatever. And then a potential for a Ripper, G- uh, Giles, BBC TV movie. So, Oh, good. Well, yeah, the Whedon universe is always busy then, definitely. Well, I don't, God, I don't yeah. follow it, but it keeps you busy. So Yeah, it and does then, keep me busy. <laughs> and then you've got all your amazing stuff. I saw you trying to sell your stuff on uh, eBay. Oh, right I know. Now. I'm so well. I, my my sister's getting married, so I have to. Uh, and I'm. It's in Hawaii, so if any shoe people are in Hawaii, I'll be there in <laughs> two weeks <laughs> on a beach. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm trying to get rid of some crap. So well, you do some. I mean, some of those action figures. I mean, the action figures you do are amazing. I've seen the heroes ones you you do. And are there any of those on eBay right now? Or those yeah, sold? there's four of them right now, and they're ending on Saturday or something like that. Saturday, Sunday. But I do a bunch of them, and then I'm hoping. I now that I now that we have Kara, I'm like, oh, I got to do a Kara to go with the the new the Smallville ones coming out, which look great. I'm so excited about them. But I'm still bummed because they like when I talk to the people at DC Direct at uh, Wizard World Chicago, they said there was going to be a Bizarro figure. So I'm unclear as to why we don't see it in the solicitations in uh, previews magazine. Things I like think that, it's, so. it's going to come out as some kind of secret thing, because I've heard that too, because these are going to come out as a set, and then I've heard that this might be one that's like, you can't see it on the shelf, like it's covered in black or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, it might be a chase figure. That's yeah, what we yeah. All those in the industry, a chase figure. <laughs> so I think that would be really cool. Oh, yeah. The only thing I have, the only thing I, I, I can draw from that is I remember when they were doing Inspector Gadget action figures, and Dr. Claw was hidden in the box. <laughs> well, they do that a lot. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty common trick to get people to buy a whole case of figures. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I, they look really good. I'm pleased with them. They so. look awesome. and I really, I, I would love to see the Bizarro one, too. But I, I'm really, especially the, um, the Green Arrow and the um, Clark figures um, look. I and mean, they, they, they make 
Tom kind of look like uh, they make the sex figure kind of look like they did the one back in season one, but they've buffed him up a little bit. Yeah, he's, he's definitely, a, yeah, he's taller too. So. Yeah, I mean they're all pretty good, and then I mean the sculpts are all pretty good because they're not scans. I mean most action figures nowadays do scans of the the actual actors to for their sculpts, and these aren't. These are hand sculpted, as far from what they told me. They could be lying, but. Um, so it's, I mean, I think that the best likeness is actually of uh, Aquaman. I mean, that's pretty spot oh, on. Oh, yeah, that does like look that a lot guy, like so. Alan Richardson, so that's really cool. But they said that there, there's potential for more. I mean, they said that if they do well, that they'll they'll do more of them. So, I mean, oh, that's awesome. buy them, everyone. That's awesome. So. We actually, the prototypes came out for this at uh, Comic-Con back in uh, July or June. So that was uh, really cool to see. Uh, and, and now they're in color. We've actually seen the finished product of them. And they're coming out in May of 2008 to coincide with the Season 7 finale. So yeah. we'll be anxious to see those. But check out undeadamerica.blogspot.com, Allie's show. And oh, I was just going to say, the other thing that I'm involved in is, uh, is a, um, an, a Buffy audio drama that's starting tonight. Um, and I, I wish it's BuffyBetweenTheLines.com. And it's a, we're writing, we're doing a, like just like um, uh, kind of like the Pendant Productions Superman and Supergirl ones, we're doing one that's about uh, what happens in the summer between um, different seasons of Buffy. So, because usually you don't find out what happens during that, that time, so we're kind of filling in the blanks with our own little fan fiction audio drama. We've got a cast of like, there's like 70 people involved in it, and I wrote one of the episodes, and we've got like 12 other people writing, and it's really intense. That's awesome. <laughs> Production, because I really don't have enough to do. I mean, Well, between... every time I talk to you, you seem pretty busy, so I was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's insane, so yeah, but it's fun. It's kind of scary at the same time, because I mean, I've, I've written a few little plays that have been performed here, but to get something that's going to go out to everybody... In the, uh, in the in on the wi- on the web is is a little intense, and having so many people work on a project together, it's a bit of a it's a bit of an undertaking. But it's really exciting, so maybe everybody should check that out as well. That is awesome. BuffyBetweenTheLines dot com. I think that's right. I know it's Buffy Between the Lines, but okay. I think it's dot com. We'll put the link up here in the AAC. <laughs> check that out. That sounds that sounds really cool. I had no idea. You yeah, were doing that. yeah. It would be cool if we did that. I mean, it would be a good good thing to do for Smallville or like you know fun fan fiction that way, doing recordings. And it's really, I mean, it's its no different than doing a podcast. It's just a little bit more work because you have to get more people edited. Let us get to some emails real quick. Have you got one over there? I sent you one. Yes. Okay. pull it up here. Okay. Uh, this is from Beth uh, in Bluffton, South Carolina. Hey, guys, just wanted to let you know you've got a new listener. I used to listen to Chuck's podcast every week, but since he's no longer on, I was forced to look elsewhere for my Smallville Superman fix. I heard Derek co-host for Chuck and decided to check out your site. i got to tell you, it's awesome. I've listened to a few of the most recent episodes and loved you guys. I'm going to go back to the beginning and try to catch up on all your episodes. It's really cool that you've got to be, you got to be included on the Season 6 DVD, you lucky bastards. I thought all the extras on the DVD were great, but I would have loved to have a few commentaries on it as well. So far, Season 7 has started with a bang. Bizarro was a fantastic episode, and I would have to say it's my favorite season premiere yet. Me too. I'm looking forward to Bizarro Clark's return, as I am a sucker for bad Clark. But I'm not really happy that they're going to get Clark and Lana back together again. I think that horse has been beaten to death already. If it's too soon for him to be with Lois, then why can't he be, be, Why can't he and Chloe date? They've got a whole season to think of a way to break them up but hopefully keep them friends, especially if Jimmy's going to start drooling all over Kara. 
I'm also looking forward to Green Arrow's return, and I can't wait to see which new JLA members they introduce to us this season. Once again, love the show. I look forward to your next episode. Beth from Bluffton, South Carolina. Thank you, Beth. Don't go back and listen to the beginning of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I've never listened to the beginning of the show. There's a reason so. those first 18 episodes are not available. <laughs> <laughs> they are hidden deep, deep in a... You know the crate at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark? That, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's where it, they are. That's where like they with, are. Like with the... <laughs> top men. <laughs> Next to the Ark. Nice. Yeah, top men have got those hidden. Uh, <laughs> we we are excited for you joining us, Beth, and to all the new people who have joined us, uh, it, whether via um, Chuck leaving Krypton fan and, and uh, asking people to come listen to us, or the Smallville Season 6 DVD. Um, I don't consider ourselves lucky bastards, because I didn't, I didn't want to be on that DVD, I'll tell you <laughs> that much. Right? No, no, not at all. Uh, it, it put a little bit too much pressure on me, but... Uh, it was it was really great to see that all that culminate and come together, and I'm I'm more than anything I'm just glad there there are more people that get to find out about Smallville now, and uh, more people that can uh, take part in this because this is all a community thing, this is a fan thing. So I'm just glad there are more people that are aware of Smallville and Superman now as a result of these DVDs and podcasts and websites coming out. I mean that that fan documentary was amazing to show some of the stuff that people have done, like uh, Brenda's Lanorama comic strip and everything. So, uh, you know, it's great to see all that. Talking about some of the things coming up this season, uh, Clark and Lana getting together, it's inevitable. They, they have to be together in some form or fashion. Uh, I, I, I'm not really opposed to it because it's, it's not really the same Lana. We're going to get to actually see maybe a little kick-ass Lana this season. Yeah. And it was already, even just in that, that uh, director's cut, like the interaction between her and Clark, now that she knows the secret, I thought was really cool. Yeah, I mean, it was it kind a, of... It was a totally different excited, scene. It was you know? a totally different scene between the two of them. Tom and Kristen played it off really well. And yeah, and just even with her and Kara, I mean, I just thought, oh, maybe I won't hate this, you know. And then you could always people now that Lana has a secret as well, evidently from that furtive look she had in the true. preview, you know, <laughs> once she was hugging Clark. So and it may be a secret. We'll, we'll talk about here in spoilers. But now and then there are these people asking, well, is it is Clark going to have a Lana and Lex going to have a Lana if there are all these clones coming around? I don't know why Lana. I don't know why Lex cloned her. I have no. I mean, I know why I think threesome. That would be the only reason I could come up with. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, unless he was just trying out his, you know, his effects of stuff with uh, with 33.1, and maybe he was trying to make this super Lana. I don't know. I, I'm really excited to see how all this plays out this season. I think they've done a great job of keeping us on the edge of their seat for the past two weeks now. So, thanks for that, Beth. Yeah. I've got one here from Nellie. Nellie says, hey, guys of Shoe, I've been catching... Let's see, I've been playing catch-up of the past few days on the podcast that came out over the summer. Those weren't too great, Nelly, either. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> it was the effects of the Phantom Zone, I promise you. But uh, leading up to the Bizarro recap, I just wanted to share a few things. I thought it was a great premiere, better than I was expecting. But from the fast pacing and the time frame of where events were taking place, it left me with the impression of cutscenes. Here's hoping for a Season 7 DVD filled with those deleted scenes. Also, I have to agree with a comment I saw on your message board forums. Uh, why would Lana, with her naturally dark Asian features, decide to wear a, blonde, a hooker blonde wig in China if the whole idea is to get lost in a crowd and avoid unwanted attention? One would think with the death of Mrs. Lex Luthor would make international news, and you really don't want to hear them say, hey, that, that woman with the bad-looking wig looks like that dead woman. And why revisit China, especially after the season of Magic, a.k.a. season four? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's... Excellent point. We made that last week. Um, I think even Mike Osolo from TV Guide said she was taking a page from uh, 
uh, alias. What's alias? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. that is a. I mean, just as a costumer, that's a. I mean, that's kind of a common like anime look, but that's more of a Japanese like fruit kind of costume look. I don't know why she'd do that in China, but. Well, I you know they they just kind of do those things to 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 fit in, look out of place. She was wearing some well, yeah. kind of. They just need to make make like they're trying to distract us from the the bad background. <laughs> thing that they have with the blonde wig. Hey, I'm not bitching about the the background because they if they blew all their money for the first 30 minutes of that episode, I can understand yeah. why. So, but she I mean, go- but there's got to be a Chinatown over there in Vancouver or something Chinatown, like that that they could use. That's the only thing that uh, you, you've got the Canadian wilderness, the Arctic, uh, the busy city. Only thing you don't have is China over in Vancouver. Yeah, I guess I don't know. <laughs> Nelly says, "I also want to say you guys did a great job with Shoe Two. It's great getting your reactions and thoughts on an episode as you." watching i do hope we eventually get shoot two episodes regarding season seven as they air but i can live with season six for now keep up the amazing work shoe and 10th wonder are two of my favorite podcasts um as far as season seven goes I, there you know the, there's been a year to, t- to watch zod over and over again with all of us and you know i had it on tivo and then uh the, now the dvd's out so i've we had time to get our thoughts together definitely for a year i've I'd still be, when season seven happens, if I went back and tried to commentate on Bizarro now, I'd be like, holy hell, did you see that? And I'm still <laughs> excited about it, because, I mean, that was a totally geek-out episode for me last week, because waiting four months for that, and then it being as awesome as it was, uh, was just so cool. But, yeah, we'll we'll do season seven at some point, hopefully sometime soon. Allie needs to come on and do a few with us, and, and tell us about all the costuming of each, each scene, I think. <laughs> you do Ferris. <laughs> oh yeah, Fierce. <laughs> Did you want to make a comment about Fierce's costume? Oh my god, well, if anyone has not looked at the pictures for next week's Fierce, like her little sweet corn pageant, I'm I'm assuming, I'm praying that it's the talent show outfit that she's wearing, which is really spectacular. One thing that is fun is she does wear a red cape, but her outfit, we were saying, looks sort of like Zatanna's outfit, so... I, I'm assuming that her talent is going to be some sort of magic thing, and that she's actually going to use her her powers and to make it look like it's magic you know like speed powers to make something disappear or something like that i mean that would make sense to me you've gotten pretty good at calling things so we'll we'll go with that but anyway (laughs) that's what that's what my story in in the meantime check us out at houseoflpodcast.com where you can find all the latest smallville superman news and all the news regarding shoe and until we get a website up and running for shoe 2 you can find the information out about shoe 2 over there right now as well and go to our forums, forums.houseofhellpodcast.com. Allie's been posting on there a lot here lately, mainly about whether or not we were going to hear Kryptonese last night, which I oh, wish we would Oh, so mad. <laughs> Hopefully that'll be something down the line. I, I do want to see, I agree with you, I do want to see her write in Kryptonian very soon. Yeah, or read it at least, like go to the caves. Uh, yeah, a, a revisit to the caves. Care in the Fortress would be cool too sometime yeah. soon, but with the way Jor-El reacted last night about her being evil and Zor-El's intentions being shady, I don't know how soon that's going to happen. Well, I've got stuff to talk about with that when we get to spoilers. I okay, so. alright, cool. Well, we, uh, as always, you can email us at mail at houseofelpodcast.com as well, and we are here every week, usually every Friday with a new episode, so check us out weekly. Check out Allie at undeadamerica.blogspot.com, and we will see you guys in a minute to talk about spoilers. Bye, guys. Bye.
found your body. I'm real, Clark. I committed a serious crime. I'd never hide anything from you. All new Smallville. Next Thursday at 8, 7 central. All right, and welcome to Spoilers. What you just heard, courtesy of JC at SVFan.com, is the audio from trailer for next week's episode, 703 Fierce. A pretty short little trailer, and it yeah. had nothing to do with the pageant, which has been the angle they've been playing up, but the return of Klana next week. Oh, That's God. right, I used a shipper name on the show. <laughs> I never do that, because uh, shippers are... fans shuddering everywhere right now. That was a funny part in that fan documentary where they were actually talking about the shipper names, and Rosenbaum was talking about Klex, the Klex appeal. <laughs> he said, we don't even have to talk about it, you know what it is. But uh, Klana returns next week as Lana returns to Smallville to see Clark, and from the trailer, now we've actually seen the, the director's cut scene, but the trailer, Clark's a little weary of... Uh, Lana's return, you know, he he looks a little freaked out in the trailer, but uh, so we don't know if she's actually going to go into detail with the clone or not right now. He does say, he does make the mention of we, you know, they found your body at the scene. So it'll be interesting to see what comes into play and how she reacts to that. But it does say, the title cards read, the Lana that left is not the one who came back or returned. But you know, that's just, that's keen to the fact that this is going to be a different Lana because of the stuff she's seen and done. She's She's had to get a little underhanded in, in the way she's done stuff, and that may key into what we've heard this week. She may start embezzling some money from Lex Luthor. Hmm. So she's definitely not going to be the cute little girl in pink she was in season one. Yeah, Nor- Lana with secrets, I think, is what the theme. Now that Clark doesn't have any, then now no, we, Lana's going to We have be to make Lana have one. Torch. Yeah, that'll be, that, that'll be interesting, I think. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Klana. But there I go again. I'm saying them, and I don't know why. But um, <laughs> well, and it sounds like she wants him to keep her return a secret as well. I mean, for legal reasons, obviously, because I think that faking your own death is actually against the law. I've heard. But uh, you've never done it before. Well, you know, I can't really talk about that. It's fun. Here. Try it sometime. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that'll be this season's finale of Shoe. I fake my own death <laughs> in the my, Faking my own death, jumping onto an ice cream truck. There was a bomb in the microphone, and Houston tried <laughs> no. to kill me. Uh, and then you'll, I'll show up with a trampy wig and like a fake China. Oh hell yeah! I'm, I'm in Shanghai with a blonde <laughs> it's a wig and itself right now. <laughs> I'd look hot. Let me tell you that right now. Uh, some other spoilers we got are for an episode I am really looking forward to, and there's going to be a surprise on House of L the week that this episode airs. By the way. We'll get into that, hopefully, over the next couple of weeks. But episode 705, Action, uh, Clark is going to get a little going-away present from the set of the Warrior Angel movie. Did you read about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clark's going to get a red cape. I hope he puts it on. You think he will? That would be groovy. (laughs) Surely not. Well, he might. Mm-hmm. Uh, I be... probably maybe like in his room, like up in the barn, and then someone catches him. <laughs> it would be funny. Come on, that's like we need some more comedy right now. So Kara provided a lot last night. I thought I enjoyed. Yeah, the, I enjoyed yeah. the scene in the Daily Planet with her and Clark. So uh, I think as she begins to learn new things, and then from the look of next week, not referring to what she's wearing, with the book on her head, trying to be pristine for the. Um, Miss Sweetcorn pageant competition. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a nice, like, fish out of water. You can always get hijinks from that. Plus, I mean, I thought it was interesting the way they set up uh, Chloe and her as being uh, uh, antagonists, basically, right now. So, I mean... And we've heard that her and Lana are going to go at odds, which they kind of seemed at good ends in that director's cut scene, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, too. 
Yeah. Uh, another well, you know, also Clark. You know, they are all used to having Clark to themselves. Now they have another bird in the mix, so it's just so to speak. Clark needs to get some dude friends, by the way, too. So Pete needs need, to come back. <laughs> yeah, we, we need some Pete action this season. Yeah, um, somebody. Another poor guy. Not Jimmy, because I don't think he provides the the male bondness he needs, the male bonding. But uh, speaking of Jimmy. Uh, Still has not shown up yet. I assume he's going to come back next week, but we do have some spoilers for episode 708, the Christmas... I think it's actually 9. Gemini, are you talking about? Is not, yeah, 708's blue. 709, oh my god, Allie just showed me up on House of L. <laughs> I quit. It's your show now. I'm done. <laughs> uh, 709 is Gemini, which would hopefully see the return of one of our favorite broken-faced villains. Uh, oh, yeah. Chloe and Jimmy are going to be stuck in an elevator, and... Uh, Chloe, for some reason, I don't know if this is like prison, but it's worded, this is from Krypton's side, it's worded as if Chloe only has one phone call to make. I don't know if her battery is dying, or that, I can't see an elevator phone shutting off after one phone call, but instead of calling the police or anybody, she calls Clark, and Jimmy gets really upset about this, apparently, about why would you use our one phone call to call Clark, and apparently their relationship is the one that's going to be taking a turn in episode 709, so maybe... His affections will lie with Kara after that episode, when we come back from Christmas. The the one thing that, uh, from comics, you know, there I mean, they there seem to be gleaning a lot of things from different super Supergirl comic books to use in the show. And there's a couple things to look for this season. Would be that like in the comic books, one of them, um, Lex and Supergirl hook up in one of the comic books. Um, and, and in one version, because there's a couple different Supergirls over the years. Uh, um, in another one, um, there is uh, a shady family history with the House of Jor- uh, House of El in one of the books that they don't, uh, Jor-El and Zor-El don't get along as well, and that uh, Zor-El makes Kara uh, have, like, crystals, like sh- her body creates crystals as a as a thing to protect her from the phantom zoners, and I don't know if maybe we'll see that this season. That could be kind of interesting. But that was, like, where a lot of their um, animosity came from was the creation of the phantom zone. So who knows? So, that could be what it is. So that, like, and originally Zorel did send Kara to Earth to um, to uh, mess up uh, Kal-El. To, to, I don't know if it was kill him. I can't remember. But... So the, there originally was a, a mission that was nefarious for, for Kara going to Earth, and then Kara has to decide whether she's going to do that, the same way that when we first heard about Jarrell, Clark had to decide whether he was going to follow that Jarrell's like, you know, his agenda for Clark on Earth, you know. So I wonder if we'll have the same setup that way, and that we'll have Kara have to make the same choice whether to be her own person or whether she wants to be the person that her father wanted her to be. Hmm. Supergirl is one of the oddest characters in DC Comics because there are so many incarnations of her. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing with the cloning thing with Lana, I mean, because that's another Supergirl story is that there's a cloned version of Supergirl that has Lana's memories in it. That's uh, Matrix, I think, is is that one. Well, one of Matrix, there's like five different Matrixes, but that's Matrix Supergirl is one of them. So, who knows? That, That could be another... That gets, uh, that gets into a whole other territory. Yeah, with the cloning might, stuff, you know. They so. might clue us into the second half of this season. That's yeah, all. and Supergirl also dates a version of Brainiac, like Brainiac 5 or something in the comic book. So with the return of James Marsters, I wonder if there'll be anything with that, too. Well, you know, that that's something weird. to talk about, and, and we're getting a lot of emails about it, and while we're in spoilers, it's a good place to, to discuss this. What do you feel about that agent last night? Last night? 
Oh, yeah, I thought, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, I think that's Brainiac, you know, uh, but I don't, you know, you you don't know. It just seemed like he knew what was going on. He knew exactly how to open the ship. He knew what would be in the ship. It just seemed like clearly that might be a way to get him into the storyline early without. He knew where it was. He knew how yeah. to get into it. He knew what was going to happen. He knew what was in it. He knew what was going to happen after they opened it. And uh, we're getting a lot of people who are saying this is Brainiac with the yeah. announcement of James Marsters returning after Christmas that this agent, this guy playing this agent will stick around for several episodes, especially around Kara when we find out that, uh, I mean, uh, around uh, Laura when we, 706, when we find out Kara has been flying over DC, uh, that this may end up being Brainiac. So yeah. that's going to be cool. There's, there's also people saying that there's no way Kara is evil, that when, um, Went that when Clark lunged the dagger into Brainiac at the end of Vessel, that he actually damaged the fortress. So, in more ways than it just shutting down, that maybe now Brainiac has infected the fortress of Solitude, yeah, which I think may be a stretch, but it's a definite possibility. There's a, there's a cool way to go about that too. So, there there this could all have something to do. This domestic security department could all be based around Brainiac's return. Uh, James Marsters coming back in January, so it's just something it, to watch which for. Is- got to be the coolest thing they've done i mean i cannot wait for him to come back on i just thought he was really good <laughs> on the show so he was so cool at dragon con and i just it, like he was the nicest guy ever talking to him and you know to, to to be somebody playing this this jerk for in some series and this villain and others he's he's the most genuine guy you'll ever meet well and i wonder if um and maybe this is just me hoping if if they're going to keep going with smallville if maybe they're not setting him up to be like the bigger villain once if Michael Rosenbaum leaves. I think like they're going to have a Brainiac as the... I think that's a definite you know. possibility. I just wonder, in a season laid out with Clark-Brainiac interaction and most of Brainiac's cards are laid out on the table and he's not you know, up to something that Clark couldn't figure out very easily in, in a couple of episodes, what's, what would be the big arc of that season? Yeah. So, I don't know. The only thing I can think of is that they brought in more villains and had him be like the ringleader. They had like Metallo and other people. you know. I think that would be very cool. Yeah, but I anyway, to see Metallo. <laughs> that is it for episode 63 of Start with House of L. You can check us out at HouseofLPodcast.com. And you can check out Allie's show, Undead America, at UndeadAmerica.blogspot.com. Next week, we will be in Salisbury, Maryland. I'm not completely positive we'll have an episode up on Friday like we usually do. Um, we get in... We get into Baltimore that Thursday, so we'll probably see the episode Thursday night. But whether or not we'll be able to record and get an episode up, I'm I'm just not positive on. It may not happen until we get back to Starfall, but we'll we'll definitely have something up on the website uh, filling you in. And Allie, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. You are our resident uh, Supergirl connoisseur fan, so <laughs> we appreciate. I don't like saying geek. We appreciate oh, well, you. I, I don't mind. <laughs> so uh good luck with everything coming up and uh Thank we'll be you. listening for the the new buffy uh audio drama that sounds really cool yeah it'll be fun all right we'll talk to you soon okay bye everybody bye hey guys uh this is dave uh just finished watching Kara, and uh overall it's, i'd say i liked it um pretty good but I still had a few complaints. Um, I through the whole episode, I thought it was pretty rushed. Um, I'd say I think they were trying to cram a lot into one episode, um, like Clark at the fortress, and then the whole introduction to Kara, and then having like a whole 
uh, side uh, thing to do with Kara. I don't know. That was that was uh, a little too much to cram. But the part at the beginning was really cool. It was uh, really taking off and flying up into the atmosphere. That was pretty cool. Uh, I also liked Kara's super hearing training with Clark. I thought that was really well done. You know, it was shows that we might see uh, some more um, lessons between the two of them. Um, things I didn't like really, uh, the Lana clone thing, like that threw me for a loop, man. That was just weird. I had read spoilers and everything, but still, it was, it just seemed out of place and um, didn't seem right. I don't know. If they do something more with it, that'll be all right. And something else I didn't care for was Lois. Lois's uh, storyline at the Daily Planet. I just wasn't interested. Really. Um, okay. Uh, I want to appreciate, and uh, I mean, I do appreciate you guys for doing this awesome podcast. And um, I like listening this week and. Uh, Thanks for listening to my voicemail. Uh, see you next week. Hey guys, this is Tyler in Kentucky. Uh, another great episode I saw. Uh, right up there with the uh, first one. Although the whole time I was watching it, it kind of made me dread the uh, the third one with the pageant. I was curious, uh, you're all thoughts on a. Uh, what you thought the, the crystal would be used for later on in the season, whether it be people use it on Bizarro or Brainiac, or if uh, what the uh, villains will use it for. And I was also uh, curious what your thoughts were on uh, what Lana might be covering up, other than her extorting Lex for money. And I was also curious of uh, you're off thoughts on Justice uh, League and Tom possibly uh, being in it. I don't know if you're all waiting on whether or not you know things get confirmed before you talk about that or not. But I was curious, would you all rather have him in a Justice League movie or a season 8? So uh, that's it, guys. Uh, thanks for a uh, great show this past week and look forward to this one. Later.